This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Presented by MyBookie, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Lights, camera, action. Hello, world. Welcome into Moneyline once again on a Sunday. We meet same spot, same time, but... Hey, the weather's beautiful outside here in Houston. Hate to say it if you're not. Behind the glass, the man that always keeps us in line. We're going to get to him in just a second. But my partner in grind, at the statisticians, what they call him, at Josh Jordan 975 is where you can find him on Twitter. Josh Jordan. What's going on, Jerry? You are right, man. It is beautiful. Been a great weekend. I love this time of year. Yeah, I do too. Uh, starting off the the show with a little computer problems here. If you don't hear it in my voice, but that's that's just something normal because the bookies are out to to put a stop to us. Because today I have about six or seven bets that I'm going to unload throughout this show. Whoa, real confident. We just spoke about a big game that you might go be going to watch. Games kicks off at 11:30 Central Standard Time. We're talking about an English soccer game. I'm going to have a pick for that as well. But let's get to the man behind the glass at Carlson Radios, where you can find him on Twitter. Andrew. Morning, guys. Another beautiful Sunday. It's springtime in Houston. And look, we, we got to enjoy it while it lasts, right? Yeah, before our face our faces melt off from the 100-degree weather every day. But when is that going to happen? Because it seems like this cold weather, you know, I need it to leave. Right. And then today was the uh, how do you deal with the spring forward thing? Because I hate it and I didn't realize it all week long. I, I, I knew about it, you know, but then yesterday I got caught up in, in UFC. Mm-hmm. And then I'm taking in the in the midst of, of pouring another tequila. I'm reminded that you're going to have one less hour of sleep. Mm-hmm. And at that point, that tequila went sour, didn't taste <laughs> as delicious. No, man, I, I don't know why we even have daylight savings time anymore. It's. It's not necessary. We're not all farmers. We don't need more hours in the day of daylight to bring the crops in. And it annoys me. And I'm with you, man. Last night I was <laughs> having my last drink and I'm like, man, it's really, it was like a 11. And I'm like, that means it's really midnight. So I better go to bed because, you know, I want to do a good show, Jerry. I want to come with it for the people. So I went to bed too. And I don't know, man, I'm tired of daylight savings time. Time to get rid of it. You know, some places don't have it. I think Arizona doesn't have it. And I think in Florida, they tried to pass a law to get rid of it, but it got shot down. There's some people waking up saying, what are they talking about? Oh, yeah, that's what's going yeah, on right ch- now. I'm supposed to be somewhere. Yeah, check the clock on your, your car because it's going to be one hour off. Phone lines are open, 713-780-3776. At Moneyline975 is where you can hit us on Twitter, or you can text us at that same number, 713-780-3776. You can listen to us on the app. You can watch us on Twitter, whatever you prefer, because... Either way it goes, money is going to be printed on this show. We're going to talk a little bit of Astros, a little bit of Rockets, Oh, how quickly things change within a week. Ugh. The CBA talk is still going on. Um, as we get closer to free agency, uh, more names are starting to get put in different spots. The Tom Brady, um, uh, I guess, book 
of continues and how is the story going to end, we will find out soon. And that's something that's got the curiosity even of the odds makers now because now there's odds on every team. There's odds on we'll talk about Peyton Manning in the booth. There's, uh, they're, they're trying to uh, pair him with a certain somebody that's been around uh, play broadcasting for a while. So we're going to talk about those odds as well. So, again, the phone lines are open for you. You know how we do it on this show. It's a show uh, for the people. And uh, if you have something to get off your chest because UFC was also last night, if you want to talk about the boring fight that was the uh, main event, hey, the phone lines are open just for that. Anyone that calls in, hey, I'll give you the whole entire card, 713 Seven six. Where do you want to start? Because last week hopes were high. Not let's not say hopes were high. I guess skepticism around the Houston Rockets was okay. Maybe this could work. By no means did we go out and say, "Hey, they figured it out." But we said maybe we need to pump the brakes on small ball doesn't work. Yep. But how quickly? Things change. Consistency is something they don't have. They don't. And uh, I, I was talking to my buddy Brandon that works up here with us, and he, he made kind of a good point. He's like, man, the Rockets are the Texans. You know, and, and what he meant was he was talking about that loss to the Knicks. You know, right after they, you know, they, they get a good amount of momentum going and they win some games and, you know, it's all looking good. Then they blow a game to the Knicks and then. They get blown out again in the next game, and then they lost again yesterday. So just – they won't let you enjoy it. You know, right when it starts to get good, they lose to somebody they shouldn't. You know, like the Texans losing to the Broncos this season where you're finally starting to believe in them. They get blown out at home by the Broncos. Remember, that was the Bill O'Brien, you suck too game. And it, it kind of feels like that with the Rockets, right? When you're starting to buy in, they, they let you down and – and that's one of the things we talked about in one of our sports mat videos too is I think that's why people love the Roughnecks, right? They haven't they haven't let you down yet. And let's use that yet with in capital letters. Hopefully it doesn't happen and and when it does, then it's It'll bring you back down to earth, but it's still not as bad as these current situations in these other teams. And I think that's what keeps that stadium uh, attendance growing. Yeah. Now, the Rockets. Let's talk about who we thought they were, let's say, going – after after last week's show, okay, that six-game win streak, yep. which included twice of the Celtics, the Grizzlies that people are looking at as one of those teams was included in there, the Jazz. Okay. In the playoffs, it's not about one game. You're going to have to beat a team multiple times. So then going into that Knicks game, you figured, okay, all-time high, but we know what's coming up with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. We know there's a big game. And in the NBA, sometimes you find that, okay, they looked ahead. And after that game, whenever you heard Russell Westbrook talk you know, with the press, he, he said it real clearly. He said it, man, we, weren't, we didn't get up for it. He didn't point out fingers at individuals, but you can tell he was saying, hey, because he still showed up. You know what's interesting about that is, you know how James and Russ did that GQ sports cover recently? The party for that was that Sunday night, and they played the Knicks on Monday. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. I need need that in my handicap. Uh, I I know, right? I need that in my handicap. And so what do we know after that Knicks game? Hey, they got to bounce back. They're going to bounce back at home, big game. They were never in that Clippers game. No, and they shot like an all-time t- 
terrible percentage. I mean, you're not going to win shooting like that. You live by the sword, die by the sword, live by the gun, die by the gun, wherever you could come from, however you want to spit it. Live by the three, die by the three in basketball terms, especially here in Houston. And that's what happened there, and that's what's going to ultimately happen against teams in the playoffs. If you're hitting, it looks, yeah, that looks perfect. It looks fantastic. This is great. The Rockets got 125, 130. What a fantastic game. 130 to 120. The over betters got paid off. The Rockets covered. But then what happens when they score 105 and those shots don't fall? And 105 to some teams, they could still be in it. They can score 105, 110. But that Rockets team, they can't. Look at how much they give up, 125, 120, and 108 to a Hornets team. Mm-hmm. That's who they are. That's the sad reality. Yeah, they might go out in the playoffs and last week we were talking about maybe securing a two seed. Yeah. Remember and fighting the Nuggets? I think that was realistic, and it wasn't just us. No, it, know, it was you know all the talking head shows, first take. You know, Everybody was saying that. And now you're looking and you're saying, where do you go from here? How important is what's the most what's at the most important thing going down this final stretch of the season? Because is it is it defensively? Is it because we know one thing now the dust is cleared on the Russell Westbrook project. And to me, it worked. Yeah, it did. But, you know, he's he didn't play yesterday. Right. So that's part of the. You know the trade away with him is he's going to miss some games, and and I'm fine with that because now it's funny how it changes in a week. Now I know they're going to make the playoffs, but now I don't think they're going to have a chance at the two seed. Man, they're behind Utah now, and uh, so you just want to have Russ ready to go in the playoffs. You want him fresh. You're going to need him. So they play again today. So you know that's probably why you know obviously he didn't play yesterday, and they they play the Magic today. So hopefully they can get back on the right track, but. Yeah, man, they've fallen. I mean, they're, what are they, in the fifth in the West right now? <laughs> they're barely separated from Oklahoma City. So I guess the the good news is, right, is they can roll off several games in a row and, and get hot again like they were last week. So I think that's the positive. I think we're just going to see more of these ups and downs with the Rockets because they're so reliant on, you know, their shot going in. Now, the shot going in, when you look at, if you're a box score guy out there, you don't watch the games, and you look, okay, we're hardening against the Knicks, 35, you know, eight mm-hmm. assists. I mean, what happened? What, what, what went down here? Westbrook had 24. But then when you look at eight for 22 from the field, 16 for 16 from the free throw line, so 16 of those 35 points came from the stripe. That's who he is. If you look at the Hornets box score, 30 points. He got the quadruple double. Not only did he get the triple double in rebounds, 10, assists, 14, but he also had 10 turnovers. Turnovers. Yep. 10 turnovers. So when you look at the box score overall, 8 for 22 again. That's the problem. Yep. Inefficiency. And I hate to keep putting the light on James. (laughs) Yes, I hate it. I hate it, but it's not Russ. He's out there. I mean, even in that in that Knicks game, you saw him that slam towards the end of the game. And yeah. he, I mean, he he took it to the hole. When he puts his head down, he says, "I'm getting to that hole. I don't care who's there, how many of you are there. I'll meet you there. Whatever you you choose to do when I get there, then we'll find out." And that's what he does. In his head, I think that he knows that's what he has to do. He has to take it into his own hands right now, which is fine. And 
I'm fine with Harden the way he is right now because at the same time, okay, let's say 22 shots is what we said, which we need him to throw up those shots because he a shooter shoot. Sure. Shooter shoot. You need him to shoot out of it. And at certain times of the game, he is giving up the ball and letting Russ take it to the hole like he did at the next game. But for this team, how we talked about in this offseason, how teams were pairing up with two superstars, and now you see, you know, the, the LeBron and the and, and Davis doing their thing, and and now the Clippers did it here. You need both superstars on that Rockets team to show up at the same time. What do you think, Andrew? Because we were talking right when that Clippers game happened, and, and the look on your face was just like, man. Well, I mean, with the Clippers game, I, I don't want that to be an indictment of saying small ball doesn't work. They they had thirty three open or wide open threes. Now, the NBA, their stats website classifies wide open as no defender within six feet of you. Open is the closest defenders within four to six feet. So you went six of 33 when the closest defender was at least four feet away. I don't care what NBA team you play for. That's not going to happen on a night-to-night basis. They had open shots. They just missed them. And look, that's not to say if they make, you know, six more threes, they win the game. I, I don't know. Maybe the Clippers shoot a little bit better. But the fact of the matter is... With the way they're playing, Josh is absolutely right. There are going to be hills and there are going to be valleys. And right now, they're in one of the valley periods. Don't be shocked if this next week we're talking about being more optimistic about the team after they had two or three really good performances in the games this week. So it's just there's, there's just going to be a bunch of highs and lows, and you're going to have to learn to sort of ride the wave with the team. I still don't think that it changes. They're probably still a second-round exit team. I don't think that changes. Maybe they get hot and they get to the Western Conference Finals, but... The outlook for this team hasn't changed all that much since the small ball acquisition. Going back to what Josh said and how he spoke with Brandon and comparing them to the Texans, exactly what he said right there. You can put that sentence into the Texan seasons, whether it be this one or whether it be last season when they had that big win streak, right? That there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. And they're going to be out there and go out there. Or whenever the Texans have a bad game, you you say, there's no way they're always going to be like that. And it's true. But the only difference is that in football, it's a one-game playoff, and yeah. it's a series. And if they keep having these ups and downs, yeah, we'll know one thing, that in the regular season, you're going to have your moments. But in the playoffs, they might have their ups for four games in a row and win right. a series. But where can they go? Again, they relate to the Texans because the Texans, you knew the whole year, hey, they're going to get to the first round. And the Texans are used to maybe winning first-round games. But yeah. what happens that second round? And the same thing now you're taking the, the Rockets. Man, they're going to get there, and they're probably going to win the first round. But what happens when they get to the second round? And that's something that you can't uh, uh, trust in, especially when you see other teams coming around, the Clippers coming into form, or or the, the Lakers coming yeah. into form. And we'll see that this month. That's what's interesting is they're going to play the Lakers this month, and they're going to play the Bucks, And they already played the Clippers. So I was looking at these as like, you know, measuring stick type games. So far, not so good against the Clippers. Hopefully, you know, they perform a little better against the Lakers and the Bucks. Hopefully, I can perform well for the next hour and 45 minutes. Picks pretty much every segment. I don't know I have enough to fill every segment, but I'm dropping them hot. For the next hour and 45 minutes, it's me, you, Boogie Busters against the world. Moneyline ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And 
on ESPN975.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, 713-780-3776. The phone lines are open at Moneyline975. If you uh, maybe drank too much and the spring forward is hurting your head and you say, man, I can't talk right now, but I just want to text, tweet you guys, you can do that as well. 713-780-3776. On Twitch, catch us on SportsMap. That's the spot all day long. I'll be dropping picks. And you know the man to my right? He's the brain behind the function. and He's the one to make sure the, uh, the wheels are nice and oiled on that. But let's get back real quick because you had a – a nice point, and we had a uh, – t- to go along with your point, my man Bradley says, forget the Madden curse and all that. How about the GQ cover curse? And you have something to go along with that. Yeah, I mean, that's what, what we talked about is, <laughs> you know, that James and Russ were at that party in New York that night, and then they lost the, the next day, you know, to the Knicks. So I think it was Jay Williams on first take was talking about it, and, you know, he's like, man – this stuff happens, and you're going to take the Knicks lightly. I mean, they're the Knicks, right? And you go out, maybe you party a little too hard, and you know you don't show up. I mean, they only lost that game by you know like a possession. It was a close game, so it could have gone either way. It just dropped, and it's just it's a bad sign going forward. And I can't look. It's James Harden, right? He's a single guy in New York City at a GQ sports party. Man, he's going to have him some fun that night. Everything you just said, it could have gone either way. It dropped so hard. So that leads me to the main focus in the question of the day, of that day. What was up? Did he poop his pants? The the James Chardon? (laughs) James Chardon? Did he poop his pants? there's photos going around. game now that you put together the party, the party, maybe a little late night eating, maybe some. Some uh, chocolate-covered strawberries yep. with some, some ladies of the uh-huh. night. Before you know it, stomachache the next game because something happened. Those shorts were looking <laughs> funny. There was funny business going on on the backside of one James Harden. I don't want to blame that for the 8 for 22 from the field, but it's hard to play chafed butt. It, it is. The city that never sleeps. He may have stayed up all night and done some partying. And, and I don't know if those photos were doctored. So, you know, don't quote us on this. But I thought it, that was pretty funny. And then knowing that GQ party was the night before, I bet there were some good-looking talent at that party in New York City. Let's transition to something a little bit more serious. Right across online headlines just came across, and it's saying that Dak Prescott was offered – what historical money? Yeah, the biggest contract in league history. It looks like going to be an average value of thirty three million per year for Dak. Uh, apparently, he wanted to be paid a little more than Russell Wilson, and it looks like Russell Wilson was getting about thirty one point four million per year, according to Pro Football Talk. So, it looks like the Cowboys are going all in. I, personally, me, I, I wouldn't do it, and there has to be something to why the Cowboys have been waiting so long, you know, they're really taking this, you know, to the last minute here. So it makes me think they have some hesitation in paying Dak. And I don't think, I think Dak's a good quarterback, but I don't think he's top of the, you know, top dollar, you know, and I know that it, you know, with free agency, it's just kind of whoever gets the newest contract gets the most money. I know that's part of it, but to me, like I know, and I know had Dak had a nice year this year. So don't kill me Cowboys fans. I just, I don't see him as a top five quarterback. It just sucks because he's one of those guys, no matter how good the Cowboys team is, whenever you start thinking Super Bowl, mm-hmm. 
then that's always going to come into your reasoning. You're going to think, well, Dak, can Dak Prescott win, take you to the Super Bowl? And that's always going to be the factor, the, the deciding factor. Man, I don't know. I don't think that he's the guy to do that. But then when you, like you said, it's a matter of uh, musical chairs and who's, who's up next and which team commits the mistakes. If you look up top, Jared Goff, 36 million, Roethlisberger, 33.5, Kirk Cousins, 31. Garoppolo 26-6. Like you said, he wanted a little bit over Russell Wilson, 31 million. But we got to look at what the Cowboys are doing here because they're playing Mr. Nice Guy, mm-hmm. although they're not. They're actually protecting their own selves because let's say that Dak does what you think he should do and wait. Let's say, for example, what happens whenever the new year comes around, he can sign it or or, or keep things how it is. 31, uh, 31.6 million this year is what he would make. But then under that tag, he would be in line for that 20% raise. That's how it works, right? So then next year, he would make 37.9 in the second year of that tag, which basically equals out to 34.7 over the next two years, which is already higher than that. And then if he was to hold off one more year, he would get 54.6 million in 2022. So you tell me whose ball who 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 has the ball on their side of the court and that's why the Cowboys are like, "All right, all right, all right. Let's make a deal here. Let's where do you want to start?" No, I get that. The problem is is with this new CBA, we don't know if it's going to pass or not, and what's going to happen with the franchise tag is is a little unclear right now. So a lot of these, you know, GMs, they don't know if they're going to how many franchise tags they're going to have or if they're going to have one that's still kind of not it's undecided at this point so it's it's putting some pressure on these guys to maybe try and get a deal done because maybe they won't have a franchise tag that they can use going forward we just have to see what happens with the CBA but and that's i think what's going on with Bill O'Brien and Laramie Tunsil i mean this is terrifying you know it's to think that it's possible that they could have traded all that for Laramie Tunsil and then they may not be able to sign him. I mean, that is scary. Did you see the Trent Williams report that the Texans called about him to the Redskins? This is all terrifying because whenever the whole deal went down and you started trying to weigh the scale, it's after you started figuring out who Kenny Stills was – Right. Yep. You're like, okay, well, maybe it's not that bad. At first, I thought Kenny Stills was more of a throw-in. Now it makes not to say that that justified the trade or either which way. He's not worth a second, though. No. So then you're thinking, all right, I guess I'll swallow the bullet here because we did get a position that is needed, and this is going to be the guy long term. Right. How are we in this position already? This should be a question. This should be where are we starting? What are we going to do? How can we be surprised by this? If you're Bill O'Brien, you know how many years are left on his deal. You know he's a great player, or why are you trading that much to get him in the first place? So, of course, he wants to be paid as the highest offensive lineman in the league. He wants like $20 million per year. You had to know that going in before you made the trade. So, the fact that – and here's the other catch is that you know the Texans were reportedly negotiating with him at the Combine with his agent. Since then, he has fired that agency – He's looking for other representation or he's considering representing himself. So part of me, I was like, maybe that's a good thing. You know, maybe maybe O'Brien's like, hey, we're going to make you the highest paid offensive lineman in the league anyway. What do you need an agent for? You know, keep that percentage you would pay the agent for yourself. That could be good. But the fact that the Texans have reportedly called about Trent Williams and the Redskins, he's 32 years old, Jerry. I mean, I mean, Tunsil's like 25. 
the only good thing I can think of if you're a Texans fan about this is that maybe Bill O'Brien is just kind of making it known that, that he does have other options so that he has a little bit of leverage from Tunsil asking for too much money. That's the only thing I can think of of why this could be a good thing is he wants to let Tunsil know like, hey, we could go get you know Trent Williams and – I know he's 32, but he should be a, a good left tackle for the next couple of years because it doesn't make sense to bring him over to be your right tackle. He just took Titus Howard in the first round. He walks in meetings with a Trent Williams jersey on. Yeah, right? What, what's he going to trade for him? You know what I mean? They don't have any draft picks. <laughs> and there's a lot of teams interested in Williams as yes. well. Jets have reached out, uh, Broncos. Imagine now, if he traded Tunsil for Williams. <laughs> oh, my. That'd be such an O'Brienism. Yeah, I know, right? O'Brienism Look at Andrew's face. <laughs> Tunsil entering his final year of the rookie contract, 10.35. He's looking upwards of $19 million. Yeah. He wants to be right there where Lane Johnson is and those kind of guys. He does. And he also wants more opportunities to be in entertainment, according to him. So, you know, maybe, which makes me think, does he want to be on like the East or the West Coast if he wants to, you know, get into, you know, stuff outside of football? How about we give him more H-E-B commercials? <laughs> Put him in an H-E-B commercial. That's all in the entertainment you need. We're all the entertainment you need for the next hour and a half. Hey, there's a big game. They call it the Derby, the Manchester Derby. And I got a pick for it. Next, Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. The phone lines are open. 713-780-3776 at Moneyline975 is where you can find us on Twitter. The squad is here and accounted for at Josh Jordan975 at Carlson Radio at Jerry Bowe Knows with a Z. We're talking a little bit of everything. A little bit of gambling will be had this morning. But right now we're talking about all things Houston. We talked a little bit about Rockets and how things change drastically but how they can change in the next week so going forward we'll see but one thing that needs to change is consistency and that's something that you need to see maybe in bold letters capital bold maybe a little italic right whenever i first started messing with the word word uh word processors that's the first thing i thought was so cool right just write a letter and just and they're like bro that's not all necessary i grew older and they're like you know there's a reason to throw underline and bold letters on things i'm like okay well my name in bold letters and everything isn't so cool anymore. <laughs> but honestly, that's what the Rockets need to do. Consistency. I guess we're going to have to see it. I, I don't want to be up and down so much as far as my thoughts from last week to this week. Let's leave it even kill. Do I know Do I know what's going to happen? By no means. Do I think that this is going to work in the playoffs? I don't think so. Um not over. I do think that they can win a series. I think maybe do. But the, do you work when we're talking about championship titles, NBA titles? I don't see it. So if you see it different, the phone lines are open for you. Houston, 713-780-3776. I want to hear your thoughts. If you have anything to say as far as the Rockets, if they've let you down this week, if you think that you can point out what's going on with the team, we'd love to hear it. Again, phone, phone lines are open, 713-780-3776. And let's go back to these contracts and we just spoke mm-hmm. about 
the contract of Dak Prescott, and we're hearing rumors that the Cowboys are offering him exceptionally high money. And, and we spoke about maybe why, because maybe they're protecting themselves because they know what the franchise tag comes with. And if, if he does it for two years, he's already making more than what they're offering. If he does it for three years, that third year, he's making excess of $50 million. That's exactly why they're thinking, all right, let's get this settled now before it gets too far. But we know that it's a a copycat league, and the bar has to be set somewhere as far as contracts. So what does a contract in the range of, let's say he does over-exceed Russell Wilson of 31, let's let's put him at 32 million. Where does Watson rank then? He's got to be more. I mean, it's... They're offering Dak, I think, like 33. He hadn't taken it yet, but you got to think it's going to be more for Deshaun Watson, and, and his will be the newer deal, right? So, it, in theory, it should be more. And, you know, I guess that's what, you know, Bill O'Brien's worrying about a little bit. If you're going to have to pay Tunsil $20 million a year and you're going to have to pay Deshaun 35 something like that. Now, I think they have about $65 million in cap space, and you're already paying Tunsil 10 anyway. So, you know, if you redo that deal, then, you know, you'd be giving him 20 a year. I, I think they can fit it in there. The other thing to consider is, you know, Will Fuller's going to be making $10 million a year this year, you know, for the six games that he plays in. So that's a little scary. I know we talked about, you know, Robbie Anderson maybe being a, a fit, but, you know, he's probably going to make more than 10 a year, you know, maybe 14 or something because, you know, his will be a new deal, which will, you know, overpay him. I'm just a little worried that it doesn't feel like there's a plan. You know, it feels like in, we were talking about DJ Reader. It looks like they've just decided, you know, they, they feel like he's going to cost too much and they're just going to have to let him go. So what is the plan then? Because I figured that they were doing some of these deals with guys like a DJ Reader that was coming up and you're thinking, okay, he earned it. Whenever you look at these uh, top free agent list, DJ Reader was popping up there in many people's yeah. like, he, he's He's a commodity. What do y'all make of this? What did you think whenever you saw DJ Reader that they're not going to explore or or sign him automatically because they know that he's looking in the neighborhood of twelve million a year? I, I look at the cap space. They've got sixty one, a little north of sixty one million in cap space this off season, and I, I'm just wondering, what the hell are we going to use it for? Like, are, are are we legitimately just going to put it all into extensions for these guys? I mean, if if so, that's fine, but. It, Josh is spot on again in the idea that it just seems like there is no plan of attack with what's going down on Kirby. It seems like a rudderless ship where people are reacting to whatever the latest thing is, whatever the latest um, event is to happen with what, what's going on with the team. And they're shocked by almost everything that happens, it seems. So what's the plan here? Because you, when you get a high draft pick and you win a defensive guy like Jadavion Clowney, Say what you want to say at the beginning of the career, and then some people wanted to pull that false narrative of he's never on the field, but when you looked, he was. And, well, he's not that productive. Well, he's not a sacks guy. He's a disruptor, right? And he's a more of a run stopper. But if you put him back to get sacks, he will, right? But that's not what he was, it was particularly needed for here. Then what do you do whenever you hit gold on a fifth-round guy out of reader? So on both aspects – so where what's the plan that if you go with a high draft pick and eventually it does pan out and it's time to pay him and you don't and then on the other aspect a DJ Reader which was a later round guy and you struck gold and you're still not going to pay him so what's the plan 
they're in trouble because JJ costs so much money, and you know he he's he's been hurt a lot. Let's be real. He, you know he hasn't played a lot the last few years. He's a great player when he's out there, but he's costing them a lot of money. They re-signed Brandon Dunn. I think he's going to take uh, Reader's spot. You know, so you're kind of downgrading there. Whitney Merciless, they already re-signed him. You're wondering where all that money went. Well, they they gave like a $50 million contract to a 30-year-old Whitney Merciless. So, and when J.J. wasn't on the field, Merciless, he wasn't in the stat column. So that's a concern. The, The problem is the whole defensive line is an issue. Cornerback, we haven't even gotten a cornerback. My Lord, they need a, you know, Roby's probably leaving, and if he doesn't leave, Talk about getting paid. I mean, he's going to make a significant amount of money. You know, maybe you go after Chris Harris. You know, maybe you could do a deal with him for like two years, $30 million, but he's in his 30s. So, and you don't have a first-round pick. You know, I mean, you took Lonnie Johnson in the second round last year. That was that shows you what a second-round corner looks like as a rookie. He's going to have some ups, and he's going to have a lot of downs. You saw what Travis Kelsey did to him. My God. Well, speaking of defensive backs, here's an O'Brienism for you. Quote, when asked about Conley, because mm-hmm. that's another decision they're going to have to make about his fifth-year option and, and going forward, what's going to happen with him, right? They don't have anybody else. they got to bring him back. Quote, Conley has been good for us. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't be answer be able to answer that specific question, but we like Gary on Conley. If that answers your question, we like what he brings to the table. End wow. quote. That's crystal. What does clear. that mean? It means nothing. It oh, means nothing. O'Brienism. He's just going to leave it vanilla. Um, but what's he going to do? Is he going to be critical of the trade he made? You know what I mean? And that's this is what happens whenever you're delegated too many responsibilities. When you have too many job titles, it's Usually, when you have one guy that's bad at one thing, then you say, "Well, they have a they, they're they're better up top, or or the or the general managers are bad, whatever the case is." Now, whenever one guy's bad, which is O'Brien, and if he's bad at his one job, it's probably going to trickle down, and he's pretty much bad at his other jobs, and he's not going to point himself out. What? who's there to hold him accountable? There's no accountability. Nobody. He's fired everybody that's not a yes man over there. It's him and Jack Easterby. You remember he fired Chris Olsen, the the cap manager. I mean, that's all it is. Just think about it. Would Even if you disagreed with Bill O'Brien, after you see all these people getting fired, would you say that to him if you want to keep your job? He's going to run this thing into the ground, firing people, making the wrong moves, not re-signing the people that he needed to, putting money in the wrong places, taking a risk that he don't need to be taking, whatever the case is. He's going to run this thing into the ground until eventually they're going to run him off. But the downfall to this is by the time that finally happens, you've ate up so much of Watson's career. That yep. that's what's going to hurt. That's what's going to hurt. You had so much optimism, uh, even going back to last year, say, because you still knew, okay, we have a, or, or the year before, a little bit of, of a window of that rookie contract, and you were looking at what other teams were doing, and you're saying it's working for them. Well, you got Watson here. You got a couple pieces. I know that we're weak on the offensive line. Let's get a guy if we can in the offseason. It didn't happen. Let's make some, we need some help in the defensive back. Let's get a bunch of one-year guys. Prove it, guys. This is it. But now you're going to waste away, and eventually he's going to run this thing into the ground. And, 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 and the ground being, I don't know. I don't know what the ground is because at this point, the ground that we've said is, I guess, being just first-round guys, hey, we win first round, but I don't really think there's a way to say win the second round. That's a terrible, terrible way of thinking to be had whenever you have a Deshaun Watson. Whenever we were thinking about those games, it was like, man, 
I can't believe that we're even thinking the Buffalo Bills are even got a chance here, but Watson's going to pull this off. And then when you go to the next week, you're just like, Watson is the only chance they, the Texans have. And it's always going to be like that. Yeah, they gave up over 50 points. Notice that all the additions are basically on the offense. On defense, it's no. And they're, all the turnover. I mean, you, you know, Romeo's gone. You got a new defensive coordinator this year. And the defense is all-time terrible now. What would happen if Watson had some help? Somebody to help him further develop. Because not to say that he isn't fully developed, but there's always things you can learn in this league, especially as a quarterback. And what if there was somebody actually there that you you could trust to further develop him at this point? I think it's on him. He's got to improvise on what he learns. And, I mean, he's going to have a new play caller this year. We've seen, you know, O'Brien said he's going to give that up. Maybe they'll throw the ball more. I think they do need to throw the ball more. You know, I just I feel like they have so many, you know, Carlos Hyde, he's kind of a plodding running back. I think they run a little too much, but their defense is so bad. I get why they have to run the ball a lot. But here's the other thing that's – look – the rookie window is almost closed for Deshaun Watson and his contract, right? They're about to have to pay him. So they missed that opportunity to win big there. And then now going forward, you have to remember that quarterbacks that, that run a little more than others, their careers don't last as long. We're seeing it with Cam Newton already, right? So you have a smaller window to get this thing done than you actually think. So they need to make some moves quick, and they need to they need to be smart. This is, this is the year. Like, Boy, did Bill O'Brien pick a time and a franchise to be in charge and have to make some really important decisions. This is it. And being in this city, you know he hears the whispers. Oh, he hears the yells. He hears you this song too. right now. You suck too. He woke up today and he put this song on right here. Many men, many, 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 many men will be back. Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. No, I don't cry no more. Don't look to the sky no more. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on my soul. Somewhere my heart turned cold. Have mercy on many men. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. 713-780-3776. Let's talk everything Rockets. Let's talk everything Texans. Now we'll talk everything Astros, because that's something else we got to get to and something that's near and dear to many of your hearts, as we see in the Twitter world or the Astros Twitter, as some call it. And this week, more things came in to fruition. And I hate to use fruition here. I guess let's say more people that shouldn't be talking started putting their two cents in. And when you, we, we spoke a few weeks back and we started talking about actual teams that have maybe cheated or, or fan bases or that, that are, you know, or fans that are, are fans of teams that maybe have cheated themselves, then you stay quiet whenever people start getting caught. You just sit in the back and you're thinking, man, my friend Johnny got caught. Mm-hmm. I was there with him too. I skipped school too that day. I hope I don't get caught. Now, when you've broken a rule as an individual and there's documentaries, I mean, there's reports, there's witnesses of one Alex Rodriguez being a cheater of the game, not people 
accusing, not accusations, but straight up cheating. And then this week, he came out and said this. The one thing that really has upset the fans is you you cheat, you win a championship, there is no suspension, and then there's no remorse. But there is And the suspension. last one, I think, is probably the worst one because people want to see remorse. They want a real, authentic apology, and they have not received that thus far. Authentic. And I can just tell you this, Maddie, from, from a guy who has made, you know, as many mistakes as anybody on the biggest stage. Mm-hmm. I served the longest suspension in Major League Baseball oh, history. Oh, poor you. Poor you. You know, it cost me well over $35 million. And you know what? I deserved that. And as a result, I yes. came back. I owned it after acting like a buffoon for a long time. I had my apologies, and then I went dark. And I wanted my next move to be contrite, but I also wanted to go out and play good baseball and change my narrative. And the way you change your nar- narrative is you have to be accountable. You've you've earned all this negative talk. You've earned whatever comes your way, including whether it's hit by a pitch or negative press. You have divorced yourself from having the ability to protect yourself. This is just, I don't even know where to start. I mean, yeah, there's everything. so much. It, it, it aggravates me every single time that I listen to it again. It's like I catch another piece mm-hmm. and I catch another piece and it's like, he uses the word accountable. Yeah. Or that he lost out on thirty-five million. Well, what about in the in the in the base? I mean, in, in the prime of this, whenever you were getting these big contracts, right? What about the hundreds of millions you made, and you're we're supposed to feel bad for you for losing thirty-five million? It makes me want to puke. And then I just cannot believe that he would come out there and say that, knowing what he's been and knowing that. His Yankees are, are going to be in the, they're in there as well. Red Sox, you're going to get it soon too. We spoke about this earlier. You know why I think it's taking so much time? Because I think if it was something simple or something similar to what they're going to do the Astros, it would have already been out. But I think there's more to this, and they have to get this right. They have to get it calculated. They say this is going to be the punishments. And if they found out other teams are doing it, they know if we go ahead and get the Red Sox, we need to do this. We need to bunch this up and get past this because we did the Astros one. People didn't like it. On both sides of the fence. Yes, no, whatever the case is. Now, if we do this Red Sox one individually, it's yes, no, whatever the case is, both sides. We need to make sure that everyone gets in trouble and it needs to be calculated right. I think that the Red Sox are about to get hammered. I think they are, too. And there's so many things to address here. They didn't get suspended. Uh, yeah, they did. Jeff Luno and A.J. Hinch. They both got suspended for a year, and then they were fired. And by the way, they're upset that the players didn't get punished. That was MLB's statement. When they came out and said, all right, we know everybody's doing this. Stop doing it. And they sent that memo to all the teams. In the memo, it said, if you guys don't stop with the sign stealing and using the cameras, we are going to punish the front office and the managers that are responsible for this. They didn't mention the players. In the memo, it says they were going to go after the front office guys, and they sent the memo to the front office guys. The Astros players said they didn't even know that the memo came out. So – all these people are upset that the Astros players aren't getting punished. That was MLB's policy. If they came and, and did suspend the players, then they would have been going against their policy and they'd have a real problem on their hands with lawsuits and all the other kinds of stuff. And here's the other thing with the Astros. Oh, I'm not happy with their – first it was they need to apologize. Then they apologize. Oh, I don't like the apology. Okay, fine. But 
there's certain things they can't say. The Astros are being sued right now by DraftKings and by some other people. So there's only so many things that they can actually say to where they can incriminate themselves in a lawsuit. That, that wasn't the case with A-Rod. He went on TV twice and lied about steroids. He did it and basically finally got caught and had to admit that he cheated when he was with the Rangers. And then he blamed it on, oh, the pressure of my contract made me do steroids. And then later, the biogenesis thing that happened. And and that was many years later. And then he finally had to admit to that, too. He's been punished for cheating twice and lying about it and talking about being authentic. He's the biggest fraud on the face of the earth. This is the bed you made to lay in, yes. Did you lose the benefit of the doubt? Yes. But... It's a he said, she said, even in life, that there's a world that, that, that exists. And then if we portray that in life, then eventually, okay, well, let's take this to court. So in the court of baseball, let's say, and everything that happened, the reports were made, right? They were granted, hey, if you tell us, if you go ahead and basically self-snitch, you're not going to get in trouble. Right. So then they self-snitch. Now you got other pitchers. That like Cole, Cole coming out and saying that didn't exist. They didn't do that the years I was there. Yep. Yankee fans didn't like that. If the entire report, when they were allowed to self snitch, nobody brought up further years. You figured one guy, one apple out of all the ones that fell from that tree going to be like, you know what? There was a little something. None of them. So at this point, it's set on paper and deemed in the court of baseball. Witnesses. And. On the defendant and, and, you know what I mean, both sides are saying, man, you know what? We are guilty, but we've been granted that we're not going to get thrown in jail. So this is what we did. This is exactly what we did. My bad. It didn't even really work, to tell you the truth. It didn't. That L.A. Times article came out saying that it didn't really work. And the Astros have responded to DraftKings for suing them, saying, here's the numbers. It didn't actually help us. That They're actually using that in the court of law. So there's something to that. But – the problem is is the narrative is not what the facts are. Everybody think the, thinks the buzzer things is real. They all think, you know, off Chapman that Altuve had a buzzer on. They, they all believe and that. And that he ran off the field right. within seconds whenever there's a video that he was out there for two and a half minutes. Right. Again, it's so easy to say what you saw because you want yourself to think that, especially if you're outside of this fan base because the 100 lost Astros, yeah, they turned into the 100 win Astros and slowly but surely they turned into the world series champion Astros and they were beating who the big teams the Mm -hmm. Dodgers the Dodgers fan base the Yankees the Yankees fan base and oh it hurts so bad so as soon as you get your chance back um, 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 Mm -hmm. and that's what happened here it hurts so bad and I'm gonna hurt your bookie like this Manchester United, Manchester City, the Derby, they say it is. But I don't see it that way. I see City winning this game on the road. And I'm going to tell you why. The last 12 times that this Derby has been played, only two has been won by the home team. So that's one thing pointing in my favor. Now, United, 15 points behind Man City. They're playing for that Champion League spot. Don't let me bore you too much with that. But in the in the head-to-head matches between these two teams, 
Both sides don't always score. Usually I chase overs whenever I chase Manchester City. I don't believe that this game's going to get there. That's why you see at two and a half. Do I see a 2-1 game probable? Maybe. But I, I think that the two goals for Man City is what, I, uh, what I'm going to bet on. So I'm going to bet Man City team total over Man City money line five unit bomb. Man City wins this game 2-1, 2-0, somewhere along the lines. Paint it, paint it in pictures, paint it vividly on a Sunday morning. We'll be right back. We got an hour left here on Moneyline ESPN 97.5.